0: IT'S THE SUPER NINETIES BROTHERS!!! Remember, football's 80% mental and 40% physical.
1: Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory riffs on the finest decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about Little Giants. Ow! Well, here we are, Adam. We're in football season, and so we, we thought we would talk about, I would say, arguably one of the greatest kids' 90s football movie ever. One of the greatest kids' 90s football movie ever? Yeah.
0: Well, what do you even... What is that in a class with? Maybe like one other movie.
1: <laughs> I can't even think of a another kids football movie. Be honest, with, like yeah, I can't even either. Air Two with like when the dog plays football Fold and receiver. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe. Um, so uh, yeah,
0: what do we? So
1: little giants football movie kids. This is a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing in the nineties. There are so many kids sports movies yeah, in the 90s
0: and they in the 90s disney just picked pick picked an ugly group of kids made them play some random sport where they
1: suck and then they win the championship in the end it was like a formula tried and true yeah it was great i mean and this this movie came out after sandlot i, I believe um yes and so they were definitely riding the 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 kids like sandlot wave of and made it a football sandlot but uh before we get into it adam let's uh Let's just catch up real quick. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. The Mariners. Oh my God. So I know this is a football show, but I'm so excited about the Seattle Mariners right now who haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years and Mm. they are tied for a wild card spot right now. And they've got a shitty Los Angeles team at home. And if they win this
1: series, they could go to the playoffs for the first time in forever. And I'm so stoked. I, I'm, I'm stoked too, too, as well. I was going to ask you, should we make a deal? If the Mariners make the postseason, should we do little big League?
0: Oh, I was gonna say we have. I can't believe you said that. I was gonna tell you during the show if they do, we have to do a little big league podcast, like the day the playoff game comes out. Like it's like it's set in
1: stone. Maybe when we're in Seattle next week, that's what we do on Friday morning.
0: Yes, we watch. Yes, that's um,
1: a great idea. We'll be in Seattle. We'll we'll be on the vibe of being in Seattle if the Mariners make the postseason. We'll be off a of fr- off a of win <laughs> against the Rams, and we'll be riding high, Adam. Yeah, so Brent and I are going to be at the Seahawks
0: game next Thursday, but both of our eyes are wandering towards our baseball team, which is normally completely irrelevant this time of year, but for some crazy random stars alignment reason, they're not this year. They've, They've pulled it out of their ass, and they're right in the thick of the wild card, and it's so exciting, and it's so nice. And I can't tell you how much I needed this after like two shitty COVID years, having so little to look forward to, so little surprises, so little to bring joy. And mm. I know it sounds like kind of lame, but the Mariners out of nowhere have given me that joy the last four or five months. And it's, I can't thank them enough.
1: I, I wish I could have been more a part of it watching because, you know, the TV rights thing, but like, I just been enjoying like watching the highlights and, you know, reading the feeds and stuff like that. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So
0: good. Well, let's not talk more Mariners Cause we, there's probably very few people listening right now that give a shit and that's, that's okay. Uh, baseball is a regional sport. So we totally get that. Um, and but you guys who are listening, we think you're super studs and you can help us out if you think we're super studs by giving us those sick five star reviews on Apple iTunes music. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Leave us a nice little note. Say Adam is very handsome. Brennan probably has great breath. I like the cut of Brennan's jib. Stuff like that. Things that will pick up our day when Brennan and I are in like a dark, sad place and our wives are criticizing us and our kids won't talk to us or Brennan's kids. Like we like to go on our reviews and have little pick me ups from people that we don't know on the internet strangers saying very brief nice things about us just to be polite and that's what holds us together
1: it is yes
0: want to reach out to us you can email us at super 90 brothers at gmail.com all spelled out you can add us at, at super 90s brothers on twitter brennan you're at Spocast pods spelled with a k You can talk to Brennan or you can check out my shit at www.adampitzler.com where you can read some of my scripts or check out my short films. So if you're interested in us, that's where you can hang out. Otherwise, if you're interested in Little Giants, you are in the right place. Uh,
1: You are. But before we do that, Adam, what are we doing first today?
0: So... What, I'm trying to, what we're really trying to do on the Super 90s Bros is help you guys achieve a state of mind that you probably don't achieve on your own in 2021. So we're going to try something a little bit different today. So I would like everybody to just kind of close their eyes for a second. I want to set the scene for you. Now, imagine yourself. It's October 1994, October 14th, 1994. Brennan and I are about 10 and a half years old. Now, you guys, however old you were, Imagine yourself there. It's 1994. Picture yourself. You're in your car. You're you're on the way to the movie theater, and you're listening to the radio. And what comes on, Brennan? This
1: ain't no disco. It ain't no country club either. This is L.A. All I want to do is have a little fun. And that was All I Want to Do by Cheryl Crow. We didn't even get to the chorus. <laughs> well, we can only play 30 seconds. I thought playing the beginning. She says all I want to do in the beginning. You know, I can replay that. I can I can put the chorus in. But uh, no, please don't. <laughs> this um, song
0: is such basic white girl rapping. I can't believe this song was so popular. It's like literally a girl who's like, I like to drink. I like to talk. I like to stay up late. I like guys. It's so fucking lame.
1: I like this song, of course. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, Adam, what music did you like in the in the 90s? Was it only like metal and like alternative music?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, the way I describe it is it had to be music with an attitude. It kind of still does. I don't really like any music where there isn't a little bit of edge. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah, Sheryl Crow, who wants to. St- Monica, she wants to stay up late in California and drink. She's so unique. What a, what an original song, um, basic
1: white girl problems, you know?
0: Yeah, th- this is basic bitch before basic bitch was a thing. Like, and this song was was like you know owed to basic bitch and you know the melody of all basic bitch in, in America.
1: I mean, you know, this song is like what launched Cheryl Crow's career. Like, this is it. yeah, yeah, she like, became basic bitch spoke, spokesperson. I guess that's fair. Um, well, I, yeah, I like this song, and I I I my dad had this album. He listened to it a lot. I listened to it a lot. We No, this song's fine. I I
0: never really thought about it in terms of bass bitch until I re-listened to it for the show. And I was like really listening to the lyrics. I'm like, she what she's saying is so simple.
1: Yeah, it is very simple, but it that's but that was the number one song in America. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. Oh. I have a confession. These are your confessions. I'm not doing the bullshit number
0: one R&B songs anymore. It's just awful. You killed <laughs> me. Guess who it was again? Guess who it was again this week? It was fucking Boys to Men. We oh. just did Boys to Men. Was
1: it Motel in Philly?
0: No, it was that one.
1: I'll make love to you. Oh wow, yeah. Like you want me to.
0: That fucking song.
1: That's fair. I mean, I would say like you could grab anything that's in the top twenty or in, so at planned, this time. I plan
0: to, and it. I plan to. And if you had rebelled, I was going to give you a very simple speech that since I'm the one producing the show notes, you're just gonna to have
1: to live with it. I mean, because I love I all I, I music. Lo- I love all music, Adam. I you could throw me anything. It doesn't have to be the number one song. So well, good, because it's not gonna be the number
0: one song anymore. Cause as I've said on previous podcasts, the Americans can't be trusted. Number one is not an indicator of best. Otherwise, McDonald's would be the best burger in the world. Michael Jackson would be the best singer ever. Like number one is not the best. So we're going to stop doing the number one song because it was awful. I can't do it anymore. Okay.
1: Well, I, I, I'm i with you, Adam.
0: Great. Thank you. So from now on, I'm going to select something that I think might be kind of funny and uh, that that's within the top 10.
1: Okay. okay. I like it.
0: So, it. so it'll be a relevant song, just not necessarily the number one song. And uh, this week, and I agree, I didn't hate the song or anything. Sheryl Crow's fine. I don't dislike Sheryl Crow. Just I think the song is just really, really simple for mm. how popular it was. And it was the number two song at the time. also. Okay.
1: Time. Wow. So you didn't have to go far.
0: No, I didn't. But I was I was going to look through the whole top ten and find one that I thought would be fun. Uh, yeah. Well. So anyway, um, now that we've set the mood, you guys are in your car, you're listening to Sheryl Crow, and you're on your way to the movie theater because it's 1994 and that's what you do. And what are we going to see today, Brennan?
1: We're going to go see The Little Giants. Ow! Uh. So...
0: So tell me about the. This is October nineteen ninety four. Did you see in the theaters, or tell me about the first time you saw it?
1: Gosh, I don't know if I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I feel like I only the the first time I probably watched this was probably on my couch with my with my brothers and my dad. Like, but I don't have a great memory of it. But I know I watched it because I I love Rick Moranis and he's you know he's great in this group. Rick Moranis is just I love him as a com- comedic actor and. He plays a really good, you know, dad. And, I, you know, I don't really have, like, great memories, but I do remember at this time in my life, 1994, you know, we talked about the Mariners, but, like, sports were really coming at me. I was 10 years old. I lived in a cul-de-sac with a bunch of kids in the neighborhood, and we played a ton of football, like, in the cul-de-sac, in my yard, at other kids' house. And I definitely remember, you know, tossing the pig, pigskin around. And, and I think this – movie struck me because like i i was in that age of like am i gonna play football or am i I not and so i opted not to play football but i definitely enjoyed this movie what are your memories of it adam
0: well i've got something pretty specific in the past you've said that like the years of 1994 aligned with our grades. Yeah. So does that mean in October 94 we were in fourth grade, or because it's the end of the year, does that mean we were about we were in fifth grade?
1: I believe that means we were going into fifth grade. I mean, that we were in fifth grade. Like 90- So we had
0: just started fifth grade. I
1: don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, I I, ha- uh, I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: well, let me. Here's what I remember. Football was all has forever and will always be my favorite sport. It's not particularly close. I was just gushing about the Mariners, but Brennan can tell you, I am obsessed with football. And, and I'm particularly interested in the Mariners right now because I haven't been good in 20 years. But like I, I live, breathe and eat football and I could talk about it all day. Right, Brennan? Like I, I really legit do it.
1: I mean, it affects your life. Yeah, on, like the Mariners the
0: lose and I'm a shithead for like a half a day. Yeah. And I know like everything I'm in fantasy leagues, like all that shit. And like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pro football player or be, I, I actually, I was a very reasonable kid and I thought I'm probably not going to be big and strong enough to be a pro football player. So I want to play football as long as I can so I can be around the game and I can be a coach. Mm-hmm. That, like, that was my, that was what my realistic goal was at like third, fourth grade. So I like remember drawing up playbooks and like, I was always really interested in like team building and, and the idea of outsmarting the defense was always really fun to me. And the best summer of my life was the summer after fourth grade my mom, we'd left my dad, me and my mom and my sister had moved in this little apartment complex that backed up against this forest and a park that backed up against a really nice neighborhood where one of my best friends Kip lived and, and he had this group of friends already. So even though I just moved there, I was like welcomed into Kip's group of friends. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And all summer, and I swear to God, and I, 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 I feel like I'm exaggerating, but then again, I don't feel like it. I three, four times a week, we would meet at this park. And 10 to 12 kids would play tackle football every day. And it was the best time of my life. It was the best summer ever. It's something that I've been chasing the rest of my, like, still, I'm 37. I still go play football and try and recapture some of that joy, that, that, that youth. And this movie, like Brennan said, was a popular kid sports movie at a time when kid sports movies were really in and we were the perfect age for it. This movie kind of represented all of that. It was, it was young kids playing football. There was kids coaching. There was kids, there was players that there was Sandlot football in the beginning. Like this movie was so me and I wanted to love it so bad. So yeah, I went and saw it in the theaters. Yeah. I owned it. Yeah. I watched it. And this is like, I would never say that it became that for me. It never became,
1: Oh, I love
0: little giants. Cause it's a fucking Disney movie. Right. And I'm me but I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be my Disney movie.
1: That was, that was very passionate, Adam. I I, I love it. I, I mean, there, I, I can't even think like there was a bunch of an, like a adult themed football movies at this time, but like there were no kid football movies. So like, this was, yeah, this is a good entry to that. Uh I would, I would, I would think.
0: So um Brennan, Now's the time for
1: my favorite part of the show.
0: Brennan's bad synopsis.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um, Oh, my gosh. So I, I'm i going to be real with everyone, on, on all of our listeners. You usually go through this and probably really cringe. I have not watched this movie. I did not watch it in prep. Adam actually messaged me this morning like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. And But I kind of remember the plot. The, <laughs> the basic plot is that they... Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill live in this small town, and they're brothers. And Ed O'Neill is a football star. I mean, I, I believe he probably played professional football. He's just a god in this small town. And in this small town, there is one football team, the Cowboys. And and so, but then Rick Moranis, is, Rick Moranis has a daughter, Icebox. And she's really good at football, and she tries out for the team and gets rejected because... Because why? Because she's a girl and she can't play. Even her uncle, Ed O'Neill, won't let her play, even though he knows that she's really good. And so what does Rick Moranis do? He decides to get a bunch of ragtag kids and make his own football team. And that sets the brothers in colliding each other and fighting like family drama. And they end up deciding, we're going to against each other so if, and if we win there will be the one team in this little town and so playoff. Pl- a playoff yes if you will playoff. and and through that there's a bunch of you know recruiting kids like devin saw is like a really good quarterback that's undiscovered uh there's a new kid that moves in the town and rick miranda's convinced him to play on their team for a second until he goes to the other team and then anyways the the peak of the movie is they play in this game on this amazing football field and it's being comment is it is it actually being commentated by uh john madden and uh no it's no. not okay it's some goofy it's some goofy guy okay and anyways and so they they face off in a in a in a game they're they, you know they're getting killed at halftime halftime speech they come back and i believe they win i actually don't know if they win or if the Giants win or not a Disney movie Brennan of course they win right. um and and instead of them there's being one team they decide to combine and become one big team um which you know is very amicable and Ed O'Neill learns his but lesson not, so what did I miss real Adam? Quick
0: on that point though if they if they did combine those teams none of the little Giants would get a fucking play like they'd all be on the bench
1: well, maybe Devin Sawa would. Maybe you know.
0: Devin Sawa and maybe Icebox, but none
1: of those other kids. Yeah, they all become like admin. Lose it. <laughs> uh, so,
0: yeah, good job. Good synopsis. That's very good, actually. Maybe you should never watch movies and prep for doing your <laughs> synopsis. It's much better when you don't aren't too specific. Um, that was really good. That's like the best one you've ever done. Thank you. So, uh, well done. That is the movie, and uh, we can end the show now because everyone knows about it.
1: Yes, you've uh, relived the, you've relived it. Uh yeah. But let's let's really let's get into the characters. Let's start with the the head coach of the Little Giants, the star of the movie, Rick Moranis.
0: All right. So what you guys need to know first, and this movie is nineteen ninety four. You guys need to know that like Rick Moranis was an unusual star at this time mm. for his how this man looks. He's He's maybe five foot seven, 130 pounds soaking wet. He's got this real like mousy hair and big thick horn rim glasses. And he's just this little dorky guy. But he had had such a popular career from about 1984 when he was in Ghostbusters and, every, and became a star until 1994 when this movie hit and pretty much everything in between. And he did all kinds of popular shit. Um, and it, he was typical, the, typically the nerdy dad, but he did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, the movie Parenthood was good. He was in Flintstones as Barney Rubble. Obviously, I said Ghostbusters. He was the lead in Little Shop of Horrors. and He was Dark Helmet in Spaceballs, which was, you know, everybody saw that. And then he was in the movie Big Bully just shortly after this with Tom Arnold. And that kind of ended it. That kind of ended his run of being a feature player in A-list movies. Yeah. But that's a pretty impressive run for this dorky little Canadian comic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he was... I mean, he was a big deal back in that in 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 those times. Like, I remember him in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he was great in that. He played, but you can tell he plays kind of the same character in a lot in all these movies, like in Parenthood, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know, Little Giants, the Nerdy Dad, the Nerdy Dad, yeah, every time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say there is a tragic thing that happened to him at like around this. Like, I think it's after ninety four um, or around the mid nineties is his wife passed away. Um, Oh really? His wife, his wife passed away and it, he was left to, you know, be a single dad and raise his children and which he did. Um, and I think he, you know, I think he just kind of disappeared and uh, he's coming back. Uh, uh, he is coming back. He's actually sh- going to be Wayne Zelensky again in a, a new version of shrunk of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's going to be playing the grandfather in it. Um, but, anyways, um, yeah. It's, it's I. I wish if I. I always wonder what would happen to Rick Moranis' career had his wife not passed away. Like, would his career been any different? We would have seen him more be this character. But, anyways, this is a great role. He plays a great, fun-loving, really sensitive dad. Like a kind of a dad that a kid would want to have. Like the, that understands you as a person. Um, so, yeah. And he was also uh,
0: get, really getting into the coaching stuff, and we got a funny drop for that too when he's yelling at
1: refs. Watch the grabbing zebra; they're giving him the business out there,
0: huh? <laughs> I've been sa- i've I've said that a lot ever since. I have watched the grabbing zebra; they're giving him the business, and just referring to to referees as zebra is is a lost art that needs to come
1: back. As his character, and so we'll talk about his brother next. But was Rick Moranis his character like he? Was he a football mind? Like, was he the one no. I, he wasn't? Okay. Like he, he, his brother just happened to be amazing at football. Yeah. He was just the little brother on the sideline to a, an older brother. Who's great at football. Well, let's get into that older brother. Let's get into Ed O'Neill's uh character. Um, he plays Kevin O'Shea. He is obviously famous, very famous for Married with Children. Um, We've done that show before on here. He was also Dutch. He was in Blue Chips. And, of course, another great family sitcom, Modern Family. Um, And he kind of plays the same role in all those, just like Rick Moranis did. Yeah, he just plays an asshole dad. Um, A jock. A jock, a jock, asshole dad. But, like, this is a little bit more in the real world, I would say as like, he is more based in the real world. Like married with children is like heightened, like comedy, obviously. And, but like, this is a little bit more, he's more sensible in this movie. Uh,
0: Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I know he's sort of the antagonist, but I mean, it's Disney. So he's not, he's not that bad. I mm -hmm. mean, he's the worst thing he does. He doesn't let his niece
1: play football, which he grows to regret,
0: but he doesn't really do anything else. That's so awful in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's not like giving the kids steroids, I don't think. Um, though I think some of those kids look like they were taking steroids. Uh, and there's
0: a lot of there was a lot of thought in that at that time that girls maybe shouldn't play football with the guys. I mean, that was still a thought. Now I'm not saying it was the right thought, but a lot of men, especially, uh, of who were
1: older at the time believed that. That's true. Very progressive um, movie for the time in nineteen ninety four to be, you know, that having to be the like the basis of the plot is having this girl play football. Um, so Ed O'Neill, as Kevin said, he
0: his name is Kevin O'Shea and he owns O'Shea Chevrolet, which is like a car dealership, which was fun. So I think it was, um, wasn't it Steve Largent
1: who had the nice car dealership in Seattle all those years? I, I don't know if Largent does. I just know that famous athletes usually have, uh, like I know Jay Buhner does. I know... Um, I know Carl right. Malone like, and John Stockton like yeah it's like a thing that like it's like a thing, thing. like yeah. they put their name on it they're a figure they put their they're name on some dealership
0: yeah. and they and they get cuts and and in this movie he actually works there he's like the lead salesman which is kind of fun it would be kind of fun to go buy a car from like an old football star but uh anyway Ed O'Neill, what I what I thought was funny is that I can Ed O'Neill actually did play football I've read and was good um, So that's that's not like something that he's just acting. He was a good football player. What I thought mm. was interesting is that he's a running back in both Married with Children and with this. And I wanted to ask the question, Brendan: did white guys play running back in the 80s? Because I think that was like a 1950s thing. I think they'd pretty much figured that out by then.
1: I think there was, there was some famous... Like, who is the Washington Redskins running back? John ba- Riggins was J- a fullback. Oh, fullback. Okay, well, maybe he was a fullback and then a running back. Maybe. Because like um, wasn't like they, a full, like isn't the the term full like the the term fullback and running back is like interchangeable depending comp- depending on where the 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 position was no, played it's right not. okay
0: no don't get that out of your lips
1: okay why well, does I, I don't know I just know that there is you know there are some fullbacks that were more of a running back role right like that maybe got more yards like that
0: that oh. that oh, was, you mean running back you mean fullbacks that carried the ball more frequently yes yeah sure. And And, that that could, that could have been it, I guess, but, um, and that that is, that is a likelier scenario than him being a tailback seed. So uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I, I read something funny recently that there was a white guy that made a start for an NFL team at corner. And it was like the first white corner that had started in the NFL since like Seahorn in like 2003 or some shit. Like white guys cannot play corner in the NFL.
1: (laughs) That's funny. That that is, it is true. Like it's you don't see a lot of white defensive stars that are cornerbacks or safeties. Maybe we should should move on. Yeah, we should move on from this. (laughs) Um, But
0: um, anyway, uh, Ed O'Neill plays this really fun, typical like pee wee football coach, and he's got a he's got a um, he's got this fun speech that he gives his team before the big game.
1: Let me tell you people something. This ain't just a football. This is your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, your soul in a role. It's your life. Tomorrow on that field, it's do or die. Win or cry. Go, baby, go! <laughs> I love that That assistant coach. He always is... Whenever Ed O'Neill talks in the movie, he always says something like the hype-up. Like, like yeah, yeah! Like, it's, oh, and it's just he's like... Fla- yeah, it's his Flavor
0: Flav hype man.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's t- totally a hype man. And like... I feel like that character, assistant character, assistant coach character happens in a lot of sports movies where like the assist. there's assistant coach that's just so like amped up that they want to just be in the game and they're just like, because maybe they they just like got out of the league or whatever and they just, I don't know. But like, I love that assistant coach character. Um,
0: I had an so when I was, my first year of Pee Wee football, we were really good. We were like six and oh to start. Mm-hmm. And, and then we went and we lost somewhere. And we had an assistant coach who was, like, not ahead, like, not – he wasn't in charge of anything, right? He was just some guy that was helping us. And he gave this speech after the game about, like, winning and losing. And he was, like, bawling, like, because he was so frustrated that we lost. And we're all, like, eight-year-olds, right? And we're, like, yeah. We're, like, looking at each other, like, what the fuck is wrong with Coach? <laughs> <laughs> Like like we know we lost, but I mean we're six and one. We're a good football team. It's not the end
1: of the world. <laughs> That's funny. Um I have a funny story about uh hyping up hype I mean coaches hyping up kids. I went and watched um my brother in law when he was very young, um Abby's brother in law brother in the pee-wee football here in Spokane. And we went to the to the polo grounds is where they play all the, the football uh, games. And this coach was like Amping up the kids, and he's like, It's a knife fight out there. If they're gonna cut you, you gotta cut them first. And I'm like, Me and Abby are like, What the fuck? Like, this is what, like, these little, and these, and it was six year olds. It wasn't like they were like 12, it was literally like, it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never letting my kids play football." I love football so much <laughs> for stuff like that. That is that is so
0: what I remember about Pee Wee football. It was just so fun and intense. It's like this really intense thing, and that the coaches and the adults are really into. But then you got these like kids who aren't very fast, like knocking into each other. Like the game itself didn't feel that intense, but the energy
1: around it did. Yeah, uh, that's funny. It, well, I, I do want to point. I do want to say. In his bio, Kevin O'Shea, uh, he did win the uh, Heisman Trophy. So there's that. Um, so, so I don't know if he played pro. Usually, if you're get a Heisman winner, usually go and play pro for a little bit at least. Um, well,
0: you're also probably not a fullback if you if you got the Heisman. Let me tell you. And <laughs> and there's I feel like there's a shot of him in the movie wearing a Packers uniform.
1: Mm. So, but yeah, maybe I, I'm feeling like I might need to go back and watch this now. Um, well, let's get into the. Uh, the players the the kids of the movie um and let's start with uh let's start with ice box ice chest ice there's a
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment in this in the movie where spike calls ice box ice chest and when me like my other like 11 year old friend heard that we thought it was so funny because we thought he was making fun of her tits and we're like 11 and we thought it was like we ice box versus chest like we didn't It didn't literally register that he was making an ice box pun. Right. It sounded like he was making fun of her tits.
1: That's funny. Obviously, he's just confusing the two, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think he just said the wrong name, but Spike says it when they're kind of confrontation. Goes, listen, to, listen here, Ice Chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was eleven, me and my buddy Brandon
1: thought that was so funny. We would call each other Ice Chest. Um, well, and and she played. So the the actress that plays her, Shauna Waldron. Uh, she's it's this is her first movie ever. I would like to mention. Uh, she's like a tomboy. I think the reason, like the 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 trope that hey, they're I'm, doing in this movie is that Rick Moranis. and I was, Brennan, I was told recently that tomboy can be kind of an offensive term. Now. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um, well, she was an athletic young lady.
1: Yes. I, but the trope in this movie is that Rick Moranis does not, his wife has passed away in this movie or gone. I, I don't remember what, but he, his, he raises his daughter and she becomes, you know, she's not, she's not girly and she's a football player. And, I was just—I wanted to point that out, just because you know that's that's a typical trope in movies. There is no mother, so the the daughter becomes, you know, a very, yeah, that a, a tomboy. But I'm gonna say tomboy but, just because, like, I don't have a better term for it. Right
0: no, now. it's fine. You could—I'm not offended. I'm just telling you, something somebody told me that recently, and I have never heard that.
1: Yeah, I've never heard that either. But I—I'll look into it. Now, somebody in L.A. No, Avi, no, right? Right, Avi.
0: Um, anyways uh so yeah icebox was kind of a tomboy even though she didn't have even though rick moranis wasn't particularly masculine right Um, well i think she hung she was was hanging out
1: with the family a lot because it seemed like she had a really good relationship with her uncle and aunt because they were all supportive of her and wanting to play like not supportive of her playing football but like this they were it seemed like they were good aunt and uncle like you don't have a mom i'm gonna you know, it seemed like they yeah. live in a little small town and they're going to go hang they out. Even you know? helped, they even helped her become a cheerleader at the end. Exactly. Um,
0: so that's Icebox. That's Icebox. And she was the best player on the team. She was like Rick Moranis' daughter and she was a, like the coach's kid, the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And she was a girl and she played fullback, which I was, I just mentioned. Like, you don't put your best kid at fullback, like in Wee football. That's, that's like the last place you would put them. She played offense. I
1: thought she played defense.
0: I mean they all played both ways, but okay. when, he, when Rick Moranis introduces her to Spike, her position that they choose to like introduce her
1: as is this is our starting fullback. Uh I see. I see. All right. Well who who what kid are we going to next, Adam? Junior,
0: um, the quarterback, the the blonde bombshell. So Junior played by Devin Sawa. I remember being very popular with the fourth and fifth grade ladies which got under my skin a little bit. Um, not to the point where I didn't like Devin Sawa, though. I always thought he was fine. I was just annoyed that they liked him and not me, the girls. There were other like little heartthrob boys at the time that I grew to really dislike because of the attention, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I mm. really didn't like at the time. Yeah, I never felt that way about Devin Sawa. He was fine. But I remember the girls really liking him at the time. Yeah, he's attractive. For- he's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed grade. man. Yeah. And I remember like wanting to like look more like him. When I was like that age, because I kind of did, but I was like, just, just not quite right. You know, I was just like a little chubby and like my eyes didn't, didn't line up quite right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, That's funny. Yeah. So junior is, he's, he comes in the movie as the savior of the team because they need a quarterback. They don't really have a quarterback and they find him in a grocery store or I don't know like what this, that, that story is, but he's like throwing, um, he's throwing toilet papers into a cart and all these kids are like, Whoa, this kid can throw a spiral with toilet paper. And he's just in the, he's just in the the grocery store throwing toilet papers into the cart. I don't really get it, but that's how they discover him and that's, and that's how he gets on the team. Right?
0: Well, they had had some practices and like, nobody could fucking throw. It was like, it was like, you know, it was awful. Yeah. And um, and so they thought they didn't have a quarterback. Then they're all like hanging out at the grocery store because that's what kids do. They hang out at the grocery store and they see another kid throwing toilet paper accurately into a cart. And that's the drop we got for you.
1: Ugh. What a throw. What a find. What a hunk. Wait a minute. What am I saying? I'm the box
0: The box isn't like boys.
1: So for that one. So yeah, so now our our main kid is conflicted because she's doesn't isn't supposed to like boys because she is, you know, more athletic woman, girl. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit deeper than that. It's <laughs> yeah. that
1: she hadn't really had feelings for boys before. This is like
0: the first boy she had feelings for. Uh, but, but more than that, she believes that Junior and boys want girls to be cheerleaders and pretty and not like her. And so she goes through this identity crisis where she thinks being a football player isn't really right for her, even though she's the best kid on the team. And she wants to be more girly. So she fits in
1: more of a social norm. And so maybe Junior notices her. That's that that is true. Where does Junior come from? Does he not is he not from around town? Did, did they get two new kids? They, no, they like just moved there. Or something. OK, I, I see. So like and he's got some hot mom that Rick Moranis is chasing. Uh that's tr- I do remember that now. Um Well, so Icebox has an awakening to Junior and uh so yeah, that that throw and that comes throughout the whole sh- movie because at the end at the end of the movie, Icebox she's not on the Little Giants anymore. She is now a cheerleader for the Little Giants. Um and we'll get to that. And we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Um, But we'll talk about the next, you know, the next main kid football player, Spike. Um, Spike, what a douchebag. What a little Danny Tartable wannabe.
0: Like, just play the drop.
1: Is Spike mistaken? Aren't you a girl? Gee, good eye. Spike don't play with girls.
0: She's pretty good,
1: Spike. Spike don't care. Didn't you hear? Spike don't play with... Look, you berserk old Barbie doll. When you mess with Spike, you mess
0: with death. You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Try me. I will. Let's go. Right
1: now. Spike's in hell. Spike's in pee-wee hell. Uh, I love that they have Spike talking third person just because... I know,
0: like Danny Tartable.
1: <laughs> I don't know who Danny Tartable is.
0: Oh, he was a baseball player. Uh, he, he always... he. He got a lot of shit from the media for doing that, for saying, Danny doesn't do this. You know, Danny doesn't do that. Mm. like it, And, like, people started making fun of him. It became, like, a punchline in the early 90s for a while that if you were doing that, you were doing, like, Danny Tartable. Gotcha.
1: Well, Spike, like I, we've mentioned, is a new kid in town. And I think Rick Moran is kind of, like, does, like, a bait and switch. Yeah. And tells him, like, hey, come play football for our team. And doesn't tell him that there's another team that exists.
0: No, 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 it's not quite right. Okay. So um, there's these two old instigators that, like, they, like, hang out at Danny's gas station all day just to, like, watch shit happen. And if you guys know any, like, old, really old retired men, this is what they do. They just sit around and they, like, comment on shit going on in their little town. I can tell you because my stepdad just retired and used to see the characters that come hang out with him every day. <laughs> anyway, um, so these two old instigators find out that some big new kid has moved into town and they know that both football teams are going to want him. So each old guy calls one of the O'Shea brothers and tells them, Hey, there's a new kid in town. You should go recruit him. And so both O'Shea brothers, like Kevin O'Shea gets in his like Chevy convertible and Danny gets in like a go-kart that he has at the gas station. And they like race down to go meet this kid and Danny O'Shea wins in the go-kart somehow. And then he, he sort of lies about who he is. He sort of convinces Spike's dad that he's Kevin O'Shea, that he's the football legend that, that everyone knows about from the town. <laughs> and this part's kind of, kind of stupid because it's like the dad believes it, even though it's fucking Rick Moranis, who's clearly not a football star if you look at him. Like, clearly, any idiot could figure that out. Like, what did you play, kicker? Like, you're clearly not the famous running back I've heard of, but whatever. So <laughs> Danny O'Shea convinces him, his kid, to come play for his team. Under sort of false advertisement, and at some point, Spike and his dad figure that out and say, "Fuck you! Your team sucks anyway. I'm going to play for the Cowboys and kick your ass." That's what
1: happened. That, that that is exactly what happens. Um, and this, so this actor who plays uh, Spike is also he's his name Sam Horgan. Um, he's not like a, I would say a very famous actor at all, but he is in another. Great '90s uh, kids Disney movie called Brink. Um, if and I don't know if you've ever seen Brink, Adam, but it's like an inline skating movie, and he plays like basically the same character in that, but on roller skates or roller blades. Oh, he's uh, like
0: the really good skater kid that's a shithead. He like
1: plays. He's on the. He plays. He's like on the opposite like the opposite r- team. Team, whatever you want to call it. But uh, but yeah, that that actor is like he's. He was around a lot in the '90s. Um, oh, do, you,
0: do you remember a few podcasts ago, I told you about this like douchebag kid who was the bowling alley owner's son and he hung out at the bowling alley and he was a better bowler than everybody else. And like looking back, it was like a really pathetic life. Right. Well, I have the exact same story only with a kid that was the roller skating rinks owner like kid <gasps> at Skateland in Olympia, which is where we all went skating in middle school. There was this one ugly kid named Sean who was like a better skater than everyone else. Cause he was there every day and he could do all the tricks, but the kid was so raggedy looking and so weird and slimy and douchebaggy, Like you couldn't stand him. Like, and looking back, it's like, holy shit, that kid grew up in a roller rink. That's
1: awful. <laughs> that kid's still skating in that roller rink, dude. Sean is still
0: kicking somebody's ass in that role <laughs> <sure>. and, like, <laughs> sk- and trying to do the couple skate where you hold a girl's hand, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh um- <laughs> Anyways, and then there's a there's a bunch of other kids in this movie that we're not gonna really get into, um, but they all like fit like on the little giants at least. Yeah,
0: let me just let me go through them. Yeah, there's go through. The wussy them. kid, the black kid, the fat kid, the ugly kid with allergies, the Asian kid, and the
1: kid with the deadbeat dad. That that's them. Which uh, kid were
0: you, Brennan? Because I'm definitely
1: the last. I was probably junior. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I was probably the wussy, wussy kid. I, I not the wussy. The, the, the kid with allergies. No, well, there's a kid with allergies. Who's the wussy? There's, I mean, oh, I would probably. Oh, yeah, the wussy kid is Tad. I would probably f- fit more in line with, like, the the black kid, only because, like, I was, like, athletic. Like, I was a kid that, like, could go and play sports with, and I was never picked last. Like, I could play any sport. Um, so, and so, like, and I. Could, just like a black kid, is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> well in, Sp- in Spokane, in, like, Mead, Washington, in, like, the 90s, like. I'm not, yeah, yeah. not going to lie. There you wasn't... Play, me- but
0: could you catch? Oh, yeah, I
1: could be- catch. Like, I could catch. Like, I was... I was always, like, kind of an X factor. I was always an X factor in those games. You were an X factor. I was. Uh, it's like... I, like, uh, I think I missed that? my calling. I think I could have played, been a football player.
0: You're Oz Zahira Akeem over here.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but the, I will say, I'm, the one thing... One of the things I remember from the movie with the the black kid was that he, gets, he can't catch. Like, that's the one problem is that he can't catch. And so, at the end of the movie, he... He puts, um, what, uh, stick them on his on his hands. And, and anyways, that they then he, he claps like, his he, hands he, to break the huddle. He claps his hands. He's, he can't, he can't get to, get them apart and he gets them apart and puts it on his helmet. Oh, he can't it, like, get them
0: apart. That's the joke. Like his hands are like stuck together and he can't like separate them. <laughs> and he's trying to catch the ball while his hands are like stuck with tar.
1: Yeah. Um, and then he catches the ball because he like, thinks of it as more of a piece of toilet paper and not a ball. And then he That's he, later though. He, yeah, that's after later. The, yeah. After the stick has gone. Um but yeah, are there any other kids like really worth mentioning? Like I like there was... well, I, I
0: wanted to mention this really weird thing that happened. So the kid with the deadbeat dad, Johnny, was played by this young actor named Stewart, like John Paul Stewart, something like that. Okay. And he was um Billy Butler's son on Grace Under Fire. Mm. And he was like a regular cast member. And if you know, like, is, you know, did I say her name wrong? Is it Bryn Butler? Bryn Butler? The lady from Grace Under Fire. Oh, um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Well, anyway, she like was a drug addict at the time. And she did some shady shit, which led to this kid, like quitting the cast, allegedly. Oh, wow. Like including flashing him. Oh, whoa. and uh, anyway, so this kid, Johnny, quit the cast and the show Grace Under Fire was still going on and they replaced him with the kid that played Spike. Really? Yeah. Like the kid that played Spike just became the
1: new Johnny. Oh, on weird. Grace Under Fire. That is weird. I'm looking at it right now. And her name was uh, Brett Butler. Yeah, Brett Butler. What I say, Billy Butler. I knew it was a man's name. <laughs> um, interesting. I've never watched
0: Grace Under Fire. No, don't. It's lame. It's like it's really like
1: rednecky um she works in like a tire store or something interesting (laughs) um well those are the kids they all they all team together in the end and they all win the game yeah Um, it's it's
0: every kid's sports movie ever you get all the the shitty kids and they all got one little hidden talent and for whatever reason on game day it comes out in their favor
1: yeah um favorite scenes adam let's get into that
0: well i i mentioned um my favorite summer a little bit ago. And I'm going to talk about the opening scene of this movie because it was exactly like my summer. And I know this this opening scene was set in like the 60s and my, my childhood was like the early 90s, but it's exactly the same. We'd all go and meet there around 10 a.m. We've all got like a football jersey on and some shorts. And like we pick teams and we play tackle football like right then and there on the grass. And it's what we do all day. And it's like what every kid is. It's like the most important thing in our life was going and playing football with our friends that day. Mm. And the opening scene of this movie is that. It's all these little kids getting together in a field under the blue sky, white puffy clouds, nice green grass, innocent 10-year-old kids playing a fun, innocent game of tackle football with each other and it just it just gets me misty-eyed as fuck. <laughs>
1: that's 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 adorable, Adam. You like you you're crying at this movie? No, but oh. I do think it's really sweet and it does remind me of my childhood. That's nice. Um I would say my favorite scene is when John Madden shows up. Uh because he shows up for like a, a brief cameo and kind of like pep talks to kids, but like I think isn't it isn't it? It's like car- the day it's like the day before game day. Yeah. John Madden's
0: bus, and John Madden famously would not fly. Yeah. So John Madden took a bus everywhere. John Mann's bus pulls up to their practice and asks for directions, and the bus door opens, and four NFLers get out. And you tell me which one of these is not like the other Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and Spokane's own Steve Etman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Steve Etman who was the number one overall draft pick in 1992, played college football at the University of Washington. So he was, like, big on my radar. Mm. But the guy was a total bust. Like, he got hurt right away in the NFL. He, like, never played meaningful snaps in the NFL, ever. Like, he had, like, eight career sacks as we, after being the number one overall pick as like a stud pass rushing defensive tackle like they thought this guy was going to be aaron donald before aaron donald wow like that's who he was supposed to be and that's who he was in college he dominated the line of scrimmage like he was in the he was in the quarterback's lap at the snap in college yeah it was he was a phenom at the university of washington and and rightly drafted number one overall yeah there have been some steroid allegations i'll point out Oh, and so
1: he played on that famous... Did he play on the famous Washington Husky team? Okay. Yeah,
0: the famous undefeated team that won the national championship. That was Steve Etman. He was like their defensive MVP.
1: Yeah. Wow. So anyway,
0: he's in this movie completely randomly. Like, nobody could fucking tell you who Steve Etman is that doesn't know the Washington Huskies or grew up in Spokane like me. Like, it is such the... Like, who included this guy?
1: That's... uh, That's... Well, he was... I mean, it's 1994, so like, he's... Was he, it was, probably
0: got filmed in ninety three. Yeah, got so it. They probably knew he was the number one draft pick and they were anticipating a jump in production.
1: Right. Never came. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm looking at his I'm looking at his stats right now. He like didn't have like he had three sacks. I mean, I don't the stats probably are like weird because like they I have no idea what they tracked back then, but uh well they track stats, Brennan. It wasn't the sixties. Well, no, but like there was a time when they didn't track tackles. Like, well, they did in the 90s. Okay. well, he had three sacks his rookie year, but he didn't have any tackles, which is weird. Um, That is weird. (laughs) How does that happen? I don't know. Um, So interesting. Um,
0: So Steve Etman, he lives in Spokane Valley and he's like a real estate guy now. And he um, he used to coach for the Spokane shot which is an arena football two league team that Brennan and I know very well. Yeah. Um, And anyway, I was at a Spokane shot game one time and I was sitting very close and there's only like 8,000 people on Spokane shot game when it's at max capacity. So it's not like it's, it's like impossible to hear anything. And Steve Etman was there and I could see him arguing with a coach on the opposing team about football chops. Like who knew more? And at the end of the argument, Steve Etman pointed at his chest and said, Hey, number one, overall pick number one, overall pick. Wow. But he was saying that to like some low level assistant coach in arena football league Two in a Spokane arena that seats 7,500 people, you know, for a shitty. And I was thinking, this is so pathetic. This is like, this is like the guy that was a stud in high school that like goes and hits on girls and still thinks like it was, it was hard to watch.
1: That is, that's, wow. That that's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Um, Maybe well, it was
0: in good fun. You know, it's not like I was in the middle of the conversation. Maybe Steve Etman and the guy knew each other and they were just talking shit. Uh, you oh, know probably, guys do. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that's I, what it was. But from afar, it didn't. It, it just came off so sad. Like I was like, oh, this guy needs to stop saying that. You're in Arena Football League too, dude. Stop telling people that.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> well. Let's stop talking about Spokane stuff. I think it is interesting, though. Um, Steve
0: Edmund, yeah, so l- the last thing I'll bring up then. Oh, real quick, there's this funny scene where Ed O'Neill is teaching his kids to tackle in his living room, and he sets his wife up with, like, a couch cushion and has the little kids, like, try and tackle her, and they're all little pussy kids. They keep bouncing off, and Ed O'Neill's like, it's a couch cushion, son. It's a couch cushion. Get out of the way. Let me do it. Then Ed O'Neill is, like, getting ready to, like, like go blitz this couch cushion that his wife is holding. And at the last second, she like gets out of the way and he just like flies through the window. It's pretty good. Yeah. But then like I... The most fun, the most fun is the the final game at the end where we get to see, you know, the the materialization of all the little skills the kids learned along the way and how they affect the game. And we get to see all our favorite kids score touchdowns or get sacks or make a big block or something. And, you know.
1: Yeah. The, the one thing I will say about, I guess... Let's get into this and that, and I'll bring this up in dumb shit. So
0: we'll get All right, so let's get into this and that then. So the screenplay by Tommy Swerdlow, who who wrote a couple of really fun movies that you'll remember, like Cool Runnings, very popular Disney Mm. movie. He wrote Bushwhacked, which is a pretty underrated, I think anyway, Daniel Stern kids camping movie. It's like Daniel Stern takes a bunch of kids camping under false pretense. He's actually like on the run. And he pretends he's a camp counselor or something. It's mm. it's pretty funny. He was he, and he wrote Snow Dogs and he also wrote the recent Grinch movie, which I didn't like the Grinch 2018 animated version. Oh, weird. But this guy, this guy has good. He's a good writer. He, he's still getting work all these years later. That I mean, most writers cannot say that. Yeah. Um, and then it was directed by a guy named Dwayne Dunham, who got his star oddly directing three episodes of David Lynch's. Famous 1990 season of Twin Peaks, which was very popular, mm. um, and then Dwayne Dunham also directed the popular kids and animals movie Homeward Bound, which I was very fond of when I was a kid. And he directed this piece of shit Halloween movie that my wife likes for some reason called Halloween Town. <laughs> oh my gosh, Halloween Town is awful. That was <laughs> fucking terrible. Like I, Jill made me watch it one year. I was like, I cannot believe we're watching this. I feel like a five-year-old. This is fucking awful.
1: <laughs> that's that's funny. I will say he um he did edit. He was the editor for Return of the Jedi. Oh which, really? Yeah. So that I mean that is like his first big. He has an unaccredited uh role in editing More American Graffiti, but like he edited yeah the Return of the Jedi, which okay, is okay. So he was um, he was an editor got on
0: with George Lucas. Yeah. So um. Play the drop, Brennan. That's some dumb shit.
1: So dumb shit. Here we are. Final thoughts.
0: Yeah. So, what did you have to say? You said something to say for dumb shit.
1: I was gonna say. Usually in these kids' movies, they have like preparation to prepare for this final game. Like they, they play a season. They play a full season, and then there's a final game. And now they're in the final game against their rival, and now they're gonna win because they've they've had all these skills, and they're learning each about each other over the over the course of the season. In Little Giants, there isn't any of that. They don't have any time to prep for a, I mean, they prep for a football game, but they don't have anyone to scrimmage against. So, like, I want to know how these kids go out on the football field, play this other team without having any lick of, like, game action. Like, that, the one famous thing about, I mean, famous thing, but one thing that I know about football is, like, practice to a game is not the same at all. Like, it's not like basketball or baseball where you can do things at pretty the same speed. Like, in, in football, it's hard to practice full speed, like, in a practice and then take that to a game. Like, they've never played a game of football in their life, and now they're going to beat this team? I, I, that's the dumbest thing about this movie.
0: Well, yeah, but to your point, the other team had never got to play a game either. Um, now, having coached pee football and played people football all those years... You have a jamboree after. So you have your practice and then you get to play like a jamboree, which is sort of like a simulated game with some bullshit rules. Mm. And then you'll get into this regular season. But I mean, everyone's got to play a first game, right?
1: That's true. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I'd never really thought about that. I agree that wh- the one thing that you said, though, there was no lead up. Like there's not a lot of other football in this movie. Right. You know, there's like the be- there's like training camp at the very beginning where like Becky doesn't make the team. Then there's a couple of exchanges in practice, but yeah. for the most part, you don't. They don't really play football again until the end.
1: Yeah. And the other, I mean, my so other I dumb shit you're... about this movie is that if you've ever got, gone to a peewee football game, there is no passing, zero. Like everything, unless you have a kid that can like throw the ball like ten yards on the field. Even all then, right. <laughs>
0: even then, you don't. Even when you have a kid that can throw the ball, you typically don't have kids that can catch or kids that can block for him. Right. So like. The passing game is so difficult in little league football. I, I probably so I coached a season of 14, 13, and 14 year olds. We led the league in rushing and we led the league in first down and time of possessions. We threw the ball less than 20
1: times all year. Yeah, I believe it.
0: <laughs> I, um, I, maybe less than 15.
1: Um, what, 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 what dumb shit do you have, Adam?
0: Well, look, I'm a, I'm a huge football guy and, shit that wouldn't work in football annoys me mm. and the the final play of the game they have this one little nerdy kid on their side who's like a coach he's like an assistant coach he doesn't play he's like this little nerdy kid it's the kid that, i like the kid actor though it's the kid actor that played the bad kid in the movie north which i really like with mm. elijah wood
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway this kid comes up with some play to win the game at the very end. The last second, we got to score a touchdown on this play, otherwise we lose play. And it has this awful name, first of all, called The Annexation of Puerto Rico is the name of the play. I didn't know what annexation meant until I was like 17. That is such a bad choice of word use for like a kid's movie. Right. <laughs> anyway, and the play itself is so stupid. Like at the very beginning of the play, the quarterback snaps the ball and then he sets the ball on the turf, and everyone proceeds to go like the play is going on, but the ball's just laying there on the turf. So he's he's essentially fumbled the ball and left it on the middle of the field where any dumb kid could kick it or fall in. Like it's just it, it doesn't make any sense. And then, like this after everyone's run away with the play, the fat center hides it like in his jelly rolls or something and starts taking off. And then there's a a series of awful laterals where they're like throwing it up in the air backwards and catching it to each other. There's always some kid trailing the play, ready to catch the ball. And the super nerdy little kid with allergies scores the touchdown after a series of fucking terrible laterals and and bad tackling. Mm. And I, it's just, Look, the last play of the game, you have an opportunity to be creative. You can do whatever you want to score a touchdown. You have this moment. And what do you do? You come up with something that would never work with a bunch of shitty laterals.
1: Well, they got I mean, they can't I don't know if they can do a Hail Mary. You know, I don't know if that was gonna make sense.
0: Well, you could do something a lot more creative than than a fake fumble. What well,
1: didn't John Madden like teach that kid to play like when he came in? Like, didn't he like Oh, we and he's like, cause the something. kid had like, has a, has a revelation. He's like, he's like the annexation of Puerto Rico. Like we're going to run the annex. And so. Oh um, yeah. 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 So the kid
0: is drawing up the annexation of Puerto Rico and Jawed man comes over and looks at the X's and O's. He goes, Oh yeah. Why don't we try this? And then he's like messing with the X's and O's and like, that's the end. Tough acting, to acting. Boom. <laughs>
1: um, by was... the way,
0: by the way, I hated John Madden growing up. I hated him. I thought he was the worst announcer on the NFL slate. Mm. He was captain obvious. He was, you know, if you throw the football to that guy and he catches it in the end zone, that's a touchdown. Like, it was it was the dumbest shit ever. And I remember, like, my friend telling me that he really likes it because he helps his girlfriend learn the game. And I was like, your girlfriend's a fucking idiot. It's like, like, like seriously.
1: Fair. Um, Well, I think we touched on, you know, Icebox playing – fullback um ice chest ice chest um you know not really a position that you know you that just don't
0: you don't put your good kid at fullback yeah. you don't you put him at quarterback or you put him on the line or you put him at tailback like it'd be if icebox played the line that would be fine she could go dominate the line and let the other kids get some
1: yards what the fuck is a fullback gonna do i don't know
0: I asked you, I right. demand
1: you answer. I, I don't know. I mean, I th- I honestly think that they just, the, the writer just meant m- m- like made up like, oh, fullback, let's put a fullback there. Like, I don't know. Maybe there was, wasn't someone helping with the script. I don't know. Oh, so you think the writer like doesn't know football? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, okay. Well, that might be true.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, um, in every football movie, there's like a shitty team and all they need is a good speech right yeah and and rick moranis comes in at halftime and saves the day it still doesn't make us good football players wait a second guys whoever said you had to be good to play football you play football because you want to you play football because it's fun you play football so you can go out there and pretend that you're joe montana throwing a touchdown pass or emmett smith going for a long run and even if those cowboys are better than you guys even if they beat you ninety-nine times out of a hundred,
1: that still leaves. One time. One time. Yeah. One time. One time. One time. We could be good once in our life. Um Well it, it worked. They they came back out and they they won the game. I don't remember what the score was, but um
0: It was like I can't remember if it was 28-21 or if there was a two-point conversion and it was 22-21. It mm. was something like that. That's
1: how they should end the game, on a two-point conversion win.
0: You know, yo, I feel like they don't, and I feel like that always bothered me as a kid. Like, they they tie it late, and then they 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 play it safe. They kick the extra point. Yeah, like, And they tie like, yeah, They're down 20-21, and they can go for the win right there for two, but no, they kick it like a bunch of pussies. <laughs> um. Luckily, they get the ball back, like, like the fat kid farts or something that makes the other kid team fumble. Like oh, they get God. the ball back in a
1: stupid way. That is that is, that that is some more dumb shit. Um you bring up a point, Adam. Could you imagine Disney making a, a movie that supports playing football these days? No, and and I, I wanted to bring up that point, and I hadn't
0: really thought about it much until I heard Rick Moranis' speech where he's like, you don't have to be good to play football. You play football cause you want to, you play football cause it's fun. And that just seems like such the opposite message I hear these days about kids playing football. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. Like I, I grew up playing football. I love football. I, I, I'm adamantly and someone who played and coached people with football. I'm adamantly on the side that most of these kids are never going to get concussions because most of them just can't run fast enough and hit each other hard enough until high school. Yeah. Like before high school, it's going to be very difficult for these kids to get a concussion. I'm not saying it can't happen. It obviously can, but it can in any sport. And so I don't, I don't find that particular argument very meaningful because I've watched so much peewee football and these kids don't hit each other hard enough to do that. They're not big and fast enough yet. Yeah. But the moms and the whole concussion and Will Smith's bullshit movie have, have, have painted this entirely new narrative. Peewee football uh, enrollment is way down the last ten years. More and more families are making the decision: I'm not going to let my son play football. Like I'm not even going to give him the choice. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And as a, as as I just said, someone who grew up around the game and coached Peewee football, I just think it's I just think it's a a brash overreaction to a lot of media
1: bullshit. It, that that is true. Uh, it is a it is an overreaction. Yeah. I, I, the whole you, concussion thing is this. Just... I, I don't have a really good place to come from. I I don't want my kids to play. I mean, I wouldn't want Link to play football or Ivy for that matter. But not be. I mean, there there is some concussion stuff there. But like, also, obviously, honestly, I don't think my Link is going to be interested in playing football. I guess if he wants to make that decision when he's like in junior high, he can. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put him into like peewee Um, and that's just a choice that I'm making as a parent. Um,
0: May I ask why? Because
1: like, I, I mean, I never played football. I don't think. Yeah, but look at you. I, I think there's, I think there's plenty of other good sports that or activities Link can do that would be a better option. Um, so, what yeah. You mean, I, when you say better, what do you mean? Like, well, <laughs> I mean, for example, Link's really into hip hop dance. Like I, we're going to get him enrolled in that. Like there, I, there's so many other things that,
0: and you're right. I don't think you're going to have to worry about him wanting to play football.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But also like, there's this really part of me as a parent that like really wants my children to take up activities that will actually help them later in life as an adult. And
0: now, now you're offending me.
1: And, uh, I like, I would rather my kid do something that like they could really get good at and actually become successful at. Like my child is not gonna become an NFL player. He's not gonna become a college player. He's you know, I would I want my kid to do stuff that's like gonna like like he will use when he's an adult.
0: You know, this is a bit of a surprising take from you. Um I've heard a lot of people that you respect say kind of the opposite of that that team sports is very healthy for young kids to get into and they do learn a lot and it does make them better adults and it's not yeah he's not going to be a pro nfl player but it's it's more about the growth as a young man and as a teammate learning to win learning to lose learning to get hit hard you know learning that you're not always the strongest there's like there is a ton of great life lessons in team sports and particularly football Mm. um it's a very unique sport it's 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 chess on grass yeah i mean and every I, every size and shape of kid can play and serve a purpose and that's what's so fun about football the fat kid has a very important play I, skill like job to do you know the skinny kid the fast kid that, that that's what's cool about football i agree i mean i think, and the I, te- think there, I, I, I think there's a lot that that any kid could take out of it even if he's not going to be an nfl player obviously. oh
1: I, I think the team element is for sure i think the team element can be learned though in multiple different Sports or activities, and doesn't have to come from football.
0: Yes, I agree. But I'll but I'll point out that in football, you are you can be physically dominated by other people. Okay, yeah. and that that can humble you in a way that's a lot different than striking out in baseball or not catching a flag. like it's it's a bit of a different physical environment. It's 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 a lot more. It's a little more primitive.
1: Yeah, I get it. I I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna. That's, that's that was my that's I don't have a soapbox or anything like that. That's well, it's it. fine.
0: I mean, I and I and I know you well enough to know that if
1: Link really wanted to play, you would you would reevaluate it. That's that is true. I will reevaluate it if Link comes to me and say, Dad, I want to play football and be like,
0: yeah, yeah. And so I, I get it. I just wanted to hear your thoughts for sure. Um, So we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our thoughts. We've sure enjoyed having you on the show, as always. And you can help us out, as always, by giving us those sick five star reviews on Apple iTunes Music. You can also email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at super90sbrothers. You can reach out to Brennan at Spocast Pods. You can check out my stuff at adampitzler.com. And uh, yeah, this is, this is a fun kids movie. Nothing real shitty to say. It's been kind of fun to go down memory lane. Anything left you want to say about it?
1: I don't. Maybe they'll remake this movie into like a, a Disney series.
0: <laughs> yeah, doubtful. For Brennan <laughs> Pointer. I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another blitzing episode of Super 90s Bros, Little Giant Style.
1: Peace.